Hello, you're listening to the Hands to the Plow podcast with John and Helen Free. We're the co-founders of Kateri College of the Liberal and Practical Arts. This podcast is dedicated to discussions on higher education, the Catholic Church in America, and the need to approach education in a new and innovative way in order for young people to find their vocations to heaven. Hi, this is John Free and Helen Free, and we are back with our uh, podcast, uh, Hands to the Plow, which is a podcast uh, for Kateri College for the Liberal and Practical Arts, which, God willing, we will found in with, with God's help in in Gallup, New Mexico. And we're here with our our good friends, our new friends, uh, Anne and Ed Schaub, uh, who are. Um, involved in a similar venture of faith uh, related also to St. Saint, Saint Kateri. And uh, we've, uh, we've come close to them in the, in the last couple of months. Uh, and now that we're back in Gallup from our road trip, um, 11,000 miles, 23 states, lots of seeds planted. We're happy to be back on the ground here in, uh, in Gallup, New Mexico. And uh, we're going to talk with them about their venture of faith, uh, also in Gallup, and it's a pleasure to have both of you with us today. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. We certainly are. <laughs> so, um, well, one of the reasons we wanted to to have a podcast with you is that I think it's really fascinating that with the workings of Providence, that we came to Gallup with the intention of founding Kateri College of the Liberal and Practical Arts. And you all were called to Gallup to help uh, found and build the Kateri Rosary Walk and Shrine. And so I thought because of that providential coincidence that something's happening here that, <laughs> yeah. that we don't know what it's about, but the Lord certainly does. Yeah. And yeah. just in regards to our friendship with you, um, we just have grown to, to love you all and respect you all so much. Uh, one thing that we should note is that uh, Deacon Ed is is a deacon, um, and so he was ordained to the diaconate how many years ago? About six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. But then now is is here in the in the Gallup diocese. So I thought maybe you could just tell us a little bit about about your own background and you know, where you were where you're from and okay. how you came here. Well, we're both native New Mexicans, which is something. <laughs> and um, we both grew up in Albuquerque, both had the, went to the same Catholic school. What My, school was that? Uh, Our Lady of Assumption there on Lomas in Pennsylvania hmm. in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. So my family lived down the block from the church and Ed's family lived around on the next block. So he and my, my oldest brother were friends. So, um, you know, we have family movies with Ed throwing snowballs at uh, all the other kids. <laughs> so he's been around uh, quite a while So in, our, in my life. So um, in 1973, we got married, and we have three sons and six grandchildren. So we've been blessed. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And, and Ed, your career before, uh, before doing what you're doing now, both uh, for the church and the Kateri Rosary Walk, tell us a little bit about your work because it's related to what we're doing in some respect. Yeah, but I can't let Annie get away with that little brief story about getting <laughs> married. It just didn't work. Okay. Um, she, she's 
seven years younger than I am. I've known her since she was six. And after I got out of the service and back from the Vietnam era, and I moved back in with my folks and uh, used to date other women. I was working at night and I'd date other women and my mom would be up for, and make me breakfast after everybody was gone. And she'd say, well, how was your date with Glenna or Susie? And I'm like, well, ma, Susie's a really nice lady, but I'm gonna marry Annie Metzler. And my mom was <laughs> typical German Catholic. I mean, her eyes got saucepan size. And she starts poking me in the chest and telling me, don't you, you confuse that young lady, don't you? And I said, my, I said, I'm not going to do anything till she graduates. So, graduated on, she graduated in, in, in May, May, the end of May. And 30 days later, at the end of June, we got married and that was just about 50 years ago. 40, 49. 49. This, this June. She's still yeah. my best friend. Superb cook and just a real loyal <laughs> wife. So that's, I mean, you can't, you can't. We, we, we've known each other a long time. We, her dad ranched, they had a big ranch. They ran cattle on 36 sections, which is 36 square miles. Mm -hmm. And that was his ranch. And then for a number of years, he ran cattle on an adjacent 100 sections. So mm -hmm. they, they were serious cattle people. And so, why would I stay in Albuquerque when they were headed for the ranch? And it's like you just kind of hang around and <laughs> help them take the suitcases out to the truck. And mm -hmm. before you know it, Mother, uh, Annie's mom, I called her mother for years. She'd say, well, do you want to go with us? I, I just happened to have my, let me run over and get my suitcase. <laughs> and so I would spend summers and, and then I, I'm a good friends with all her brothers, but... So that, and I think that's important because the reason I bring that up is because when I look at my life, <coughs> excuse me, Helen, you said you think it is a providential consequence and I was wanting to shake my head, but nobody would see it, so I didn't. <coughs> I don't think it's a consequence. I, I don't, <coughs> excuse me. It's absolutely amazing to me. I have no doubt that God's hand was in every, he's had it on my shoulder. He's like, no, 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 go that way. Okay, yeah, right, daddy, you go. <laughs> and, and it's not because I'm any saintly person, like you read stories about the saints and they were guided by God's hand. I think we all are, every one of us, and you just have to learn to listen. And sometimes if you're hard-headed like I am, I think you have to get thunked on the head a little bit and, and uh, it's, I won't go into it now, but when we, we were left the church for 15 years and-, and uh, You raised, raised Catholic both of yes. Raised Catholic, yeah. mm -hmm. got married, and just, um, I, I, won't, I won't say, but um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, I was a clerically abused survivor, if you call me that. Mm -hmm. And we left, and real bad taste in my mouth, and I just failed my sons, let them see that. But the, the thing why that's important is because you asked me, how did I get here? I got a sister. I got a bunch of sisters and brothers, but, but I got one sister that three daughters, a grown daughter, and man, they're warriors. They're, they're the finest. 
the best thing you could call a woman, in my opinion, is a warrior. These, these are warriors for God. They're beautiful women, smart. And then my sister got them all to pray in for me. <laughs> and, and man, it's doomed. How do you fight that kind of deal? So, so it's three of these fabulous women. And um, any rate, so we... So every time we'd visit my sister in Crucis, she'd tell us, well, why don't you come to church with us? I mean, now we'll sit here and watch the football game. When you're back, we'll talk. And any rate, and that didn't last very long before you know it, I was going to church with them again. And I met a fabulous priest. And, and one of the things, I'll never forget that first sermon. He was preaching fire and brimstone in a very gentle way, but he said, get that TV out of your bedroom. He said, turn it <laughs> off. He says, just get rid of it. And he's going on about that. And at the end of the mass, it was a real small church. He's on the steps and he said, oh, are you a new parishioner? No, I'm Margie's brother. And he tells me real earnestly, he said, I am so sorry that you had to hear me ranting and raving. But he said, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to go to hell because I didn't say it. Mm. And I'm like, I like, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he turned out to be my confessor and from going to church. Uh, Annie and I had a chance to, to uh, start a ranch for a man on the big island of Hawaii. And we did that for a while and then came home. Um, I didn't like it over there, but came home and the, the grace of God was there waiting for me because Margie and her daughters start saying, have you ever thought about being a deacon? I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> and before you know it, I thought, well, I'll just check. So I called Crucis Diocese. No, it's four years before we start another class. We're not taking anybody now. And okay, and technically, at the time we lived in the Crucis Diocese, we lived 50 miles from the nearest groceries, but only eight miles from Bishop Wall and the Diocese of Gallup's southernmost line. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. And so, so then I called Tucson and uh, asked them if I, you know, what's it take to get in your program? I'd like to just look. No, can't do that, and not from another diocese. And then it was kind of a bizarre thing. I met Bishop Wall at a funeral. I went to the, the funeral for a friend of ours that was a priest. His dad died. So I'm over there, and somehow Bishop Wall and I got started talking, and, and he... I was half kidding around. I said, you don't need a deacon in your diocese, do you? And he said, what's the matter with you? I'll send, I'll send you the application myself. I'm like, right. Three days later, I, he sent me the application. For, and so, so next thing you know, and then I had to get, Andy and I had to get a domicile waiver because we were technically, our house was in a different diocese and mm -hmm. it takes a, so, the bishop arranged all that, and before you know it, we were in classes, and we laugh. We were so far, five and a half hours south of Gallup. In the four and a half years that we were in the program, we traveled 23,000 miles. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, and how that came up, I don't know. That's just, what you do when you're sitting in the car for, for five your, hours. For five hours, hours. You figure yeah. out, okay, how many miles over four years or have we driven? And, that's yeah, how and that it just, wow. Yeah. So we have some... 
with our 11,000 mile road trip for the college, we've got some You've catching got some, up. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you got to have at least 10,000 for the glory of God or you can't get in this. Just don't even talk to us. Till, well, wait till you get to 10,000. I, I often think, I thought of this on the road, maybe you, you did as well, but they, they say that the Ignatius of Loyola uh, among all the saints in the early modern period, walked the greatest distances. Somebody actually calculated it, but mm. uh, Spain to to Paris, back to Spain to Italy, huh. uh, and I think the only one in modern times who compares is uh, Saint John Paul II, who air miles was up, mm. approaching mm -hmm. a quarter mm -hmm. of a million. Or Bishop Wall, because he, Bishop walks, Wall. he watches, walks the Camino how often. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's but, a great, uh, that's, that's great. That's an encouraging story, both the, I guess, the reversion, the reversion to the faith and showing the power of uh, prayer of those warrior, warrior women. And also, I like, I like what you said about the, the priest and, the, you know, needing to say things. And I think as you get older and we're, we're kind of, uh, we're approaching, or we, if not senior citizens, but uh, I forget who, maybe it was Graham, no, C.S. Lewis who said, uh, you know, we have wasted, we have wasted so much time lying. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, you uh, know, John, I, I hate to cut you off, but the, the good thing about this story that I'm telling, besides it's too long, is, <laughs> is that God had his hand in When I look at it, there's no question. We we lived 50 miles. We lived at the base of the Gila Wilderness in a little house we had built mm -hmm. for ourselves. Three years, we were lived in a camp trailer while we built it, and it was it was a dream house. I raised falcons. We flew our birds there, and and we were then we got started doing summer interns in Wyoming for Camp Host. And just kind of fell in love with Wyoming and the Wyoming Catholic College. We were near them, and it was an awesome presence. But what we came home a year ago, almost a year ago today, and two. Anyway, Anne's telling me two, but she's a better calendar than I am, so I'll take her word for it. But it seems like yesterday that we were in Wyoming and. We came home, and Annie, as we were talking in the truck driving home, she said to me, she said, well, just say that this is the last chapter in your book. What would you want written on that page? And I'm like, oh, cool, I can fill that out. And we, I thought about it, and I said, you know, the one thing that I would really like, and I knew she liked this too, was to go to daily mass. And because we've ranched, and in Hawaii we were miles from the nearest church, mm. Where we lived it it in the southern part of the diocese we there was the 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 parishioners in our parish were eighteen and it was it was just um very small and so when we driving home, Annie asked me what would you do? We both agreed we wanted to go to daily mass, and I gotta tell you that's God's biggest gift he's paid me back already. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I've had two years of daily mass and probably missed fifteen, and and the what's interesting is is that on coming back we were thinking about that and the parish that I worked for as a deacon, my church was forty miles away, mm -hmm. and and it had eighteen people, 
And a matter of fact, one Easter we broke a new record. We had 22, but four of them had to stand. And so, so then from that little church, it was another 50 miles to the next parish. And the next one after that was another 60 miles. So I would do a Sunday loop doing masses with the priest. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was hundreds of miles. I forget now how many exactly, but it was a long ways. And when she was asking me about what would you like to do, I said, well, it'd be great to go to Holy Communion and it'd be nice to be able to work in a parish that needed me. Mm -hmm. We weren't home three weeks and it was like somebody was hollering, sell this house. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> and seriously, it was so plain. And again, neither of us are holy people or special or except that we're God's children, but but truly nothing extra. But it's clear as a bell for both of us. And I called my sister, stop praying for me. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But but we we kept getting that feeling and we had this terrible sadness because we loved our house. Uh-huh. And so finally, after two months, anyway, a couple of months of just agonizing, I hear this, but I'm don't want to hear it. And so we thought, okay, where we lived, it took three and four or five years to sell a house because it was way out. Mm-hmm. And we thought, okay, God, you want us to sell a house? We'll put it on the market. And we'll be five years and we'll decide what two weeks later it sold. <laughs> and they gave us, the man gave us 30 days to get out, and I'd in every day. I'd say, go walk up to the highway. We lived quite a ways off the highway. So walk up to the highway and see if the, which way the arrow is pointing. And literally, I'm not being funny, we had no idea where we were going. Mm-hmm. And um, So you heard that call to sell your house before you, you had been notified to come to Gallup. Well, I didn't, yeah, didn't we know no where idea. we were going. So you just sold the house in complete faith that God was telling you to sell the house. Yeah. yeah. And really. then you had to wait to hear what next. We yeah. were, we wow, were thinking is, he's telling job. us, come on to Wyoming in the Wyoming Catholic College. You can be hanging around there and go to Mass every day. I'm like, cool. So we, the first thing we did when we sold it, we had packed up. We had flown Falcons for years. And, had, and some, several years before this, um, we were being, I asked God to give me a hand getting through the program. I was really struggling. And the very, at the very, the very last uh, year of his diaconate formation, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. The, the most, one of the most difficult parts of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, then like about September time frame, it was time to, you know, start flying the Falcons again, but he was having trouble with the studies and, finding enough time and, you know, on and on, so. I, 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 we started praying, okay, God, just help me get through this last year of the diaconate. And I, I, I got it. So sure enough, in, in the 15 years we lived in that house, we knew the ranchers. Guy calls me up that I had been flying. He, I had keys to every gate. He had 30 some pawns. It was a falconer's heaven. That's why we moved there. Mm-hmm. This guy calls me up and he said, Ed, he says, you, were you planning to fly those Falcons on my property again? I said, yeah, is that all right? And he says, no. He said, I don't want you scaring my cattle off with that bird. And I'm like, 
I didn't argue with him, but so my point is that God was working way before he told me to sell the house. I didn't stand a chance, man. And so he, so we literally packed everything we could, gave every tons of stuff away and got in a trailer and headed to Montana where we thought we wanted to live our whole life. Went there, found uh, several parishes that really were interested. Bishop, and I told Bishop Wall that we were th- thinking about moving and away from that small parish. And uh, he said, well, I hope you find a place in my diocese, but if you don't, you let me know and I'll get it arranged. So we went to uh, Montana, just excited as could be, and okay, we looked and looked and looked and simply could not find a house. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but where, where in Montana? Around Helena. Helena. Uh-huh. And and um, you could find a house, but they were really ramshackle. And I'm not saying that we needed a castle, but we weren't going to live in somebody's junk. And so we thought, oh, let's go down to Wyoming because we like that really better anyway. <laughs> so we went down there and. Uh, what was Father uh, Schumacher? Schumacher was mm-hmm. a fabulous priest. We were driving off the mountain every morning to go to mass with him, and I thought, "This is it. Sure, God wanted us to come to here, and we'll be." We looked and looked and looked, and what this is what was happening, and we didn't know it. In Farmington, which let me just just say, from from there we came home. We're like, "What? Surely that's where we were supposed." to Arizona, oh yeah, we love northern Arizona, so we went to Arizona, same thing. And then I thought, okay, God's telling me to stay in Bishop Wall's diocese and to move up into the northern part of the state, Farmington, mm-hmm. Blanco, Bloomfield, Sierra Vista. Aztec. Mm-hmm. Aztec. Aztec. We looked at, the priests were all excited, oh, we're going to get a deacon up here. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like sure, and this is what happened. A, a, a realtor told us this, said that normally the Farmington area has 600 houses for years. That's been a figure that just stays the same no matter what. It's on the market. On the market at any given time, <clears throat> 600, 580, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And what they said was what's happened is houses went crazy. And so the top, they have 200 houses on the market in Farmington area. And I'm like, okay, 200. But what they do is the top 400 were nice houses, wonderful places to live. And the 200 were like, I'm not living there. <laughs> and so, so we, we were in Farmington and up against this wall, still had no idea where to go. And Annie doesn't cry, so I hate to tell you this, but one night, uh, it, was, it was Monday of Holy Week, a year ago. A year, a ago. year ago. And we're sitting there and we're just finished supper. And she Are you still starts, living in your trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still in our trailer. And mm-hmm. so she starts sobbing. And I said, what's the matter, baby? She says, I think God's abandoned us. And mm-hmm. I hate to admit that I was part of that too, but that's exactly how we felt. It's mm-hmm. like, come on. We sold our house. And that was what was killing us. I mm-hmm. mean, and... And then when we would get to know the priests in Farmington area, it was like, oh, wouldn't it be great? We were going to rosary rallies and... Uh, the 
40 days for life. 40 days mm-hmm. for life, and we were finished, in, you know, during mm-hmm. the, the uh, Lent and stuff. So, anyway. At any rate, we were excited to be there, but it was impossible to find a place to live. And um, so we're, we were north of Farmington a ways, and we had trying to decide what to do, and about 9.30 at night, we get this call, and it's like, well, nobody calls us. And, Got it, and it was Bishop Wall. <laughs> and he says, how's it going? And I said, well, it's not going well, Bishop. And he said, where are you? And I said, well, we're north of Farmington. And he said, what's the matter? And we said, I said, can't find any place to live. And he said, well, listen, would you do me a favor? He said, I'm short of people here, and would you come and help us with the Holy Week liturgies? I'm like, sure, I can be there tomorrow. And just as we're hanging up, he tells me, I want to talk to you about something. Well, then I got, we hung up, and I'm like, oh, excited. We'll go be part of Holy Week. Then I started thinking, remember when you were in school, and somebody said, you see the principal after school, (laughs) and it's so all day long, you're like, what did I do? What did I do? And that's what we got to thinking, and both of us is like, what would he possibly want us to be? We've done something wrong here. Some, from, yeah, from right. that of the yeah. 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 <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> any rate, he asked us to be the director of, and I say us because she does not like me to say this. She's she's the wind beneath my wings has been for fifty years, mm-hmm. but she she likes flying below the radar. She doesn't want any. Roddy Dow, don't don't give her an extra big piece of chocolate cake. I mean, it's just don't. But when I look at what God's done for us, he, I used to say, I told the bishop six years ago when we were in formation, I said, you know, if you ever ordain me, you're getting a two-for-one deal because mm-hmm. we don't go anywhere without the other person. My sisters claim that we're joined at the hip. <laughs> and they say, oh, that's sick. And we like it. <laughs> so, that's the way a happy marriage is supposed to be. Uh, yes. yeah. They always say marriage is supposed to be a foretaste of heaven. And sometimes you see some marriages and you think, oh, but that's not a foretaste of heaven because that looks a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've all had our rough goes, I'm sure. But anyway, anyway so, so, he, so you, when you come down for Holy Week to help with the, tri- with the liturgy, with the triduum, in the course of that, he he says, "I I, I have this I have this proposal." He for made you. breakfast for us on at, on Holy Saturday morning at his at, at, at the his place retreat or? center. Okay. We met him at the retreat center. Okay, and uh, he made breakfast and and he asked us to hmm. ask Ed to be the director of the uh, Sanctuary Rosary Walk, and at that point we hadn't. We, we hadn't mm-hmm. been to Gallup in a while because form, the formation was over, so we weren't coming up here. We hadn't been to the retreat center, so we didn't know anything about, about the, uh, mm-hmm. the Rosary Walk. Huh. So when we drove up there, it was like, well, what in the world is all, what are those white things? What is going on? <laughs> yeah. And so then, you know, Bishop kind of sure. t- uh, sure. broke the ice for us. Tell, for, so, for the sake of our listeners, tell us, tell us about about the Katsiri Rosary Walk. What is it? And... I'll, I'll let Ann do that, but let me okay. just say one more thing. Okay. <laughs> and I hate to, to, to make these stories long, but you know what? 
I mean, I'm not going to shortchange God, and that's what I'm convinced this is about. Okay. Because I'm 75 years old. I'm, I'm getting shaky. I, can't, I forget stuff. <laughs> I never was good on a computer, so what did God do for me? So I'm a figurehead. I'm the guy that cleans the restrooms. I'm the guy that whatever needs to be done, I, I'm the figure. But the real work that's being done is Anne is, is she's learned to be my computer expert. She's... And and that to me, if you can't see the hand of God in the fact that He's got a two for one deal, I mean that's that's to me is the exciting part, and that's mm -hmm. why I keep trying to shorten these stories, but it's really <laughs> difficult. <Yeah. laughs> well, that's that's part of a mission or a calling too, especially if you're a married couple, that God isn't going to call just the husband, you know, and then suddenly have that marriage begin to fray. And he's not going to call the, the wife in one direction and the husband in another direction. He's going to call the husband and wife in a single direction. And it's, it's up to the husband and wife to, to pray and discern you know, what that calling is. But mm -hmm. I think absolutely it, it is always a twofer that, that mm -hmm. the, the two work in harmony with each other for, for God's kingdom. And I see that definitely in talking with you all in, in your own uh, your mutual response to God's calling because it wasn't like Annie was saying oh at Gallup absolutely absolutely and you were saying <laughs> Montana 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 <laughs> no I mean you two you work in concert responding to God's call to, to both of you at the same time and that's what mm -hmm. makes it so powerful I and mean, that's what makes your work um, an effective work is that whether you're at home or whether you're in in the public sphere, in the church sphere, you're working with each other. And so there's a harmony and a unity that's there that mm -hmm. then, of course, goes out to the, to the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the, the Rosary Walk. So the St. Kateri Rosary Walk um, uh, was the brainchild of Bishop Wall, Father Keller, um, Bill McCarthy. Anyway, it just kind of evolved to reflect what St. Kateri Mm -hmm. uh, Tekawitha has done, had done when she was alive up in the New York area. Mm -hmm. So um, there's that history that she walked in the forest um, in a clandestine manner, saying the rosary, and mm -hmm. uh, just because she was being uh, persecuted by her tribe and her un her uncle's tribe. Um, anyway, so just they. Father Keller actually could tell Father the Keller story. Father Keller was the, the rector, He's of, the the rector of the cathedral now, in yes, mm -hmm. in Gallup. Um, so he uh, said, I think, said to the bishop, we need to do something to honor St. Kateri. Mm -hmm. Because the Native American people have a, a are very devoted to her, very... Um, Long-term. Long-term devotion date. to St. Kateri. Mm -hmm. And in t 2012, I believe... She was uh, canonized, mm -hmm. so and some of the local natives went there, mm -hmm. went to her canonization. So she's very special to them. Mm -hmm. and, anyway, and of course, just to interrupt for a minute for people who don't know about the geography of Gallup or the diocese of Gallup, but Gallup is in the northwest quadrant of the state. But as a diocese, it uh, it includes um, the, well, the vast majority of the diocese actually is. Mm -hmm. The reservations, um, both the Navajo, Zuni, uh, the Apache, there's a uh, number of different Pueblos, mm -hmm. um, but it stretches 
from Grants all the way to Winslow? I, I, I think it's east. East of Grants just, is the real, or. Um, it's, it, it's uh, the only diocese in the nation that covers two states. Mm -hmm. Parts and, of two states. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it's, is it 50,000? It's, it's 55,000 55, square, square miles. miles. So it's huge, mm -hmm. huge, huge. And, and, and it's in New Mexico and Arizona both. Mm -hmm. And it, it's actually North. Laguna on the east, Laguna Pueblo, mm -hmm. way out east. And Winslow. And beyond yeah. there, and, and Winslow, and then down to Glenwood, basically, uh, mm -hmm. and then up five, to Farmington. So, five and a half hours from here to hours. the southern end, and what is it, two hours to Farmington? Mm -hmm. So from the north to the south, it, in a car, at speed limits, you're going to go about seven hours of driving. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's huge. Well, I bring that up just so that people who are listening understand why what's the connection between New York State and St. Kateri and suddenly the Southwest and New Mexico and building a shrine here because uh, the, the density of Native American population in Gallup uh, is, is quite high. And so the devotion to St. Kateri um, is also quite strong mm -hmm. here in the Gallup Diocese. So Correct. sorry for interrupting. Correct. No, that's okay. Keep on going. So um, anyway, she used to, St. Kateri used to walk in the forest and pray the rosary and um, had a little crosses on trees and stuff like that. So Bishop Wall, Father Keller, uh, they decided to that they would do something for the Native American people here in Gallup. Um, and so they had property there. And so they've, um, they started building these things. They call them nichos. Can I stop you just a second? Let's just to go back to the, to stay on the, on the initial stage. They, the bishop and Father Keller and people started saying, well, you know, we've got this nice piece of land that we could make. A, and the bishop is, is an awesome bishop. And he, his, one of the big reasons he wanted to do this, he wanted to give the Native American, he says something to the effect of uh, first evangelized and first evangelized and often the last remembered. But okay. his point is that he wants <clears throat> to give something uh, back to the native people that they can take pride in. And it's amazing. They've had that pride before anybody, but he wants, he wants this shrine to be an international shrine for all people, pilgrims. But he told me, don't ever lose the importance of the people locally. Mm -hmm. and there's seven tribes. It's seven different distinct tribes. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the Native American capital of the world. Mm -hmm. And you can walk walking distance almost any place in this city, and you'll be out of the city, and you'll be now on the reservation. Mm -hmm. that, everything is encompassed in the reservation. Mm -hmm. And then just one real lastly, this diocese can prove, and I forgot the date, 1793. I don't think it's that early. Anyway, but anyway, it doesn't matter. This, yeah, I think it is that early. But, okay. but this diocese has on record that there was a mass offered here at the Zuni Pueblo. The first mass that they think was offered in the Americas hmm. was down at the Zuni Pueblo. And so... Whether that's correct in the United States, in, in the, the United, United States, States. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, not yeah. the Americas, right. but yeah, and they know the place, and there's people that have been making a pilgrimage to that 
rock outcropping you now for years. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's a powerful pull to be here with the Native American people in a very, uh, it's a very special place for them. Mm -hmm. And they're very proud of the fact that, that she's a Native American. And so that... Mm -hmm. The I, first a Native American saint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, so the idea was to build a rosary walk. So that's what... It's St. Kateri Rosary Walk. And, mm -hmm. and when it's all finished, it'll be St. Kateri Rosary Walk and Shrine. Mm -hmm. So um, there, will be, there will be 23 um, nichos connected by pathways mm -hmm. and you can choose um and it's just a, a path pathways to pray the rosaries so the, the rosary so you would choose like the joyful mysteries mm -hmm. the sorrowful luminous or the glorious mm -hmm. and there will be in the center a uh which would be the centerpiece like as on a rosary um our lady of guadalupe plaza mm -hmm. so that will be there and then there will be the uh, to beginning as you walk in. There will be the um, faith, hope, and charity um, nichos. So mm -hmm. um, and so every summer now for this will be the third summer. There's been intern missionary interns is what Bishop Walt calls them. They call themselves the Shrine Boys. <laughs> and they come. I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. She got leather jackets. Yeah, right, right. Um, anyway, they come and, and work in the summer heat um, mm. as their summer. So that's and wonderful. So, yeah, they'll be here the first of June. Mm -hmm. and They're be here paid till the first of well August. It's a good. It's a good stipend. I get. Yeah. I, I know. And Deacon, last summer we had the privilege of working with these young men. Oh yeah, and you did. From, yeah. Uh, they're from all over the country, from Catholic colleges or uh, anywhere between. I think they have to be 18, 18 to... 19 to 23, 23. I think is what they're mm -hmm. kind of hoping but I was, for. I was, I, I was with them once a week to give a class, and then I, I ended up working with them on the neat shows. But I was so impressed with them. They were here, here with 23 young men, contemporaries, and yet cut from a... A very different cloth from most of their contemporaries. Yes. It wasn't um, it wasn't required, but they were most of them were six thirty in the morning in the chapel mm -hmm. to pray. They went to mass. They ended up in their free time playing basketball with, with the locals and evangelizing. Mm -hmm. So they were uh, they were quite quite something. I think some of them are coming back. Yes, some of them this year. Yeah. Annie had a. She did a lot of the work at the food service, and so in her normal, gen gentle way, she got real close to uh, quite a number of them. And there was one man, and you ought to tell the story, the one man told her, he told her one day at lunch, he says, I, uh, maybe I shouldn't tell you this. He said, I feel kind of guilty. And So he came to, he had hoped to come to the Rosary Walk, and work really hard last, this was last summer. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that was in, um, I guess it was May of 2020, his mom, mother was di diagnosed with uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. So she, um, so he took care of her. Uh, he was the night shift and his sister was the day shift because they, because of COVID they weren't working. They were working from home. So they, anyway, he worked, um, 
nights, and he said he did everything he could for his mom. Uh, he kept the he kept EWTN on so she could see the Blessed Sacrament and mm-hmm. Mass and stuff like that. So anyway, she died in October, I believe, of 2020, and um, he saw the uh, application somewhere uh, to work at this rosary walk. Mm-hmm. No idea really what it was, but he thought anything. He thought it it's ought to be, be hot really and hard. hot and hard. <laughs> and I want to do something for my mom, you know, <laughs> some some sacrifice for my mother. So he came and he said, "Now I feel kind of guilty because." I'm having a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> but they were working like they just, worked hard. They yeah. were working. Really but hard. he he was just. But you you say that those what they just the the men that they are. Yeah. Was just uh, it was really a blessing for okay. uh, for both of us yeah. to to get to know them a little bit and sure. and spend time and it gave Ed and I both a lot of hope. For the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. for the society, just it, they were phenomenal, really yeah. wonderful. One of the boys, we asked him well, what he was from Boston. I don't remember where, but at any rate, we asked him, well, what would possess you to come out here in the middle of the desert for and work so so hard? <clears throat> and he said, well, where else can you work for Mary? Said, uh, so, not, yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't told you this. But um, the Kateri Rosary Walk Shrine was actually part of the vision that we think God has given us for this college because um, we had thought for about 10 years about the need to start a college in New Mexico because there's no Catholic college anymore in New Mexico. And about 10 years ago is when we became uh, acquainted with Bishop Wall, again, through Wyoming Catholic College with a lot of connections yeah. between yeah. The, the four of us. Um, but, uh, but John and I had spent a year in Santa Fe and that's when we had that first seed, um, that this college needed to, to be founded in, in New Mexico. We mentioned it to Bishop Wall, uh, the following year and he was very enthusiastic about the idea saying, yeah, this needs to happen. The Catholic higher education is really lacking in New Mexico. And so we were, we were thinking about a, a more traditional four-year liberal arts <coughs> college. Um, but it was be three years ago now, we were spending the summer um, up in the Cibola National Forest where we have some land and where the Clear Creek uh, monks are, are, are building a priory. And we were out there, and that was the very first year of the internship program. And... John was spent some time with the interns, and I'm not sure if you gave a class to them then. Um, I think I gave a class to the Benedictines and maybe one talk. To okay, them. I think that's right, to the, to the um, interns. interns. Okay. But suddenly I just realized that, and I don't know how it happened. So again, it's sort of <laughs> d- divine inspiration of sorts. But I suddenly realized God didn't want us to do a liberal arts college, like a straight liberal arts college. And seeing these young men working with their hands... Um, coming from these other colleges, and, and all of them said how wonderful it was to to work with their hands, to do something practical. So so many of them had just been pure intellectuals that they didn't have that much experience working manually, and for them it was this almost liberating type experience. I mean, hard work of course, but very liberating to be able to put their mind to a different type of of. Uh, brilliance you know from you could say academic brilliance to 
to a type of mechanical brilliance. Um, and it was that summer that I suddenly realized, no, we need to, we need to form a new type of college that can combine these two things, the, the academic liberal arts side with the vocational, with the manual. And it was really the Katiri Rosary Walk that was, I think, very instrumental in that. And that, and that summer is when John and I wrote the initial mission statement for Katiri College. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had already thought about Katiri College as the name of the college well before we, we ran into the Katiri Rosary Walk. Right? <laughs> so a lot of people have asked us, well, are the two things the same? Are we, mm-hmm. are we working together? It's like, no, God, God's working, and we've just cooperated, such that God is asking us to found, again, a college under the patronage of St. Katiri. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many people want us to pronounce it Katiri, but I'm from the Midwest, and so you guys will fall back in Midwestern yeah. pronunciations. <laughs> so please forgive us uh, for those that want us to pronounce it as the Native Americans do, which is which is Kateri. Um So I just I never had shared that with you, and I wanted to to tell you that the Katiri Rosary Walk is also mm-hmm. it has been um, integral with what we're now trying to do with mm-hmm. uh, with the college. Well, one thing that's been clear to us, and you touched on it with your wonderful story. Um, is the, uh, the the movements of grace that seem to be happening, and of course they they happen around us all the time, but mostly we're oblivious to them. But in a situation like this, perhaps we're more aware that there's there's much going on around us that we don't we don't understand, we don't know exactly how the college will come to be. Um, I, I'm sure you have similar mm-hmm. thoughts with the rosary walk, but somehow. We're meeting the people. Uh, we're getting to know potential benefactors, um, and uh, we're it, it's it's stepping out, stepping out in faith, and, and and that's been that's been demanding and challenging, but also it's incredibly exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been um, amazing. In a lot of ways, it's been frightening in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, lonely in mm-hmm. some ways, but you you always know and come, you always fall back on that. Yeah. You know it's what God wants you to do, and that's yes. that's the only way you could do it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have just what's happening in Gallup. I think there's I I don't can't think of anything right now other than Kateri College, the Rosary Walk. But it seems like there's this, um, I don't know, movement, energy, energy maybe mm-hmm. within, with, around Gallup, in and around Gallup, mm-hmm. that things are just definitely the Lord stirring the pot. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, you all, you've received the same response that we have when people <laughs> in New Mexico have said, oh, you're starting a new college. Is it going to be in Santa Fe? And we said, no. Albuquerque? No. Oh, it's going to be in Gallup. And they said, oh, Gallup. Gallup. <laughs> yes. And yeah. you all had the same response from your friends yeah. about Gallup. Yeah. <laughs> I forget, what, of all the places you're in, you're choosing to live in Gallup? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gallup. Yeah. <laughs> or we didn't choose. Somebody chose for us. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I'd give you one that comes to mind a lot. Just this special, there's something special about it. Um, I'm not sure how she got in the position, but Sister Sophia is the director of the retreat center. And that little nun is a dynamo. She she attracts people. She gives so much in, in their retreats. And 
and all of it, the need to have that retreat center there and and move it into a first-class operation. Now all of a sudden we got a nun in charge of that. Now where did how did that happen? And it's it's just amazing what she does. Just they may be small items. We we had a septic system problem and two hundred thousand dollars it was going to take to fix it. And we were all like, where does it come from? And she says, don't worry, God's got a lot of money. I'm like, you're right, sister. <laughs> we're fixed. It took us a, a little under a year, but it's fixed. It meets code. It's paid for, and and that to me is is the hand of God in the little things. I mean, you know, I know at Fatima they, we had an eclipse. I guess it was there. Anyway, yeah, the, the miracle of the sun they call it. But anyway, mm -hmm. my point is that that it doesn't have to be an eclipse. It can be a little thing like a Korean nun that's just a dynamo <laughs> and so joyful to be. She gives so much back to the souls around her. Mm -hmm. And so surely that's God's work. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But um, it's pretty interesting. I, I was listening to you describe how you decided to take a college-educated person and give him some hands-on. And my life has been just the opposite of that. I started out as a machinist and was a machinist for a number of years and became a supervisor, 40 of them, and at 30-some years old decided to go to college for the first time. So with two kids and two mortgages, and I started college. And even that, if you look at it, is it... It was God moving me. I think that you were put here on this earth for a reason, and it's not just a one-day affair. It's it takes a whole it takes a whole lifetime mm -hmm. to shape what you can do, and and now here I am, an old man, but I still can add value because of some of the things that I, I worked on really complex projects, so I can kind of comfortable with all these crazy things going on here, and it's. Her, it, she's just, I mean, that's just amazing what she does. And two of us together get the synergism between people that are working together is amazing. And, and, I, and you just feel it, you know, with the college, with, with just everything that's going on here. It's just. Well, I'm going to put a link to your, uh, your Kateri Rosary Walk website so that people who are listening can visit it uh, and, and look at the pictures because. It, you really have to see what's going on there to just to see what how beautiful and peaceful it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, here it's under construction, but the times that I've been down there, you know, the the wind is gently blowing, the sky is blue, the, the little pinon are, you know, dancing in the wind, and you, I mean, you really feel closeness, mm -hmm. uh, closeness to God. There's already a very uh, blessed, uh, blessed blessed place but if you could what 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 do you for listeners um what would you ask and what do you need from people who are listening well i think first off we, we need all people in the world to be aware that god's here god wants us to succeed in whatever we do he he's given us great things and he's here to help us maintain those things so and then and in that i mean prayer um, smart people we need people who are willing to fight this terrible thing of abortion all of those things he's there for us and i think that's important to 
keep track of. So as far as asking what, what the site needs, it needs prayers, we need money. If you can give $5 a month for, from now on, that'd be great. If you can sponsor a Nicho at $20,000, that'd be great. But the, the thing is, we need you on our team. You know, part of the thing about a deacon that's really pretty special that I don't think most people know, but our job is to serve. And, and there's a lot of ways we can do that. But one of the ways that we do that is by saying that daily office, the, and so the office of the reading and and a daily office is a is a it's an effort and I, I don't know how to determine it's its intention is that the deacon if there are no other people around if he says that prayers he's speaking it for the people mm -hmm. and the reason that's important for the, the college effort and for the <clears throat> rosary walk effort is. We need people on board. We need people that are, keep us in your prayers. Mm -hmm. To just be on our side and, and God will do the rest. Mm -hmm. so. On your website, uh, can you tell us about any interesting uh, hits that you've had or questions from people or responses? Not too much and we don't get too many questions yet. I would imagine that will come as, mm -hmm. the, as the site uh, grows and people are aware of it mm -hmm. um, but we've had um, donations that are just totally off the wall mm -hmm. Where, out of the blue, out of the blue <laughs> Nevada <laughs> Delaware you know just and and then we've had some you know people that we know of course and we're thankful for all of them but mm -hmm. uh, the Do ones you know? that come out of the blue are just it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Maybe Once we got our website it. up, and we had worked really hard to get it up, and we're like sitting back and like, okay, go at it. And the site didn't do anything, didn't do anything. <laughs> so, okay, let's say it again. Do it, do it now. <laughs> Nothing was happening, and we both are like, bummer. And all of a sudden, she comes in one day, and she had been doing something on the books and she said you're not going to believe it our first donation was a ten dollar donation from a man in delaware we have no idea how he Isn't that beautiful? how he got it got involved but at any rate we were like yay <laughs> that's the first step and so since then um we, we've tried to tried to be fiscally responsible with the money we do have but mm -hmm. It's incredibly, you know, if you think about it, just feeding these big old boys that are so marvelous to be around 50 bucks a day. I mean, that's what somebody put the figure on, and I'm like, no. But I think if you go to McDonald's, you're going to spend $15, $18 times three. You just spent 50 bucks feeding that big guy. Don't work him too hard. Don't, don't get him hungry. You know? My dad used to say something. He had a bunch of boys. And uh, and he had a construction, and we liked we liked going with him on a job on Saturday. So one of them would say, "Dad, can I go with you today?" Yeah, sure. So they're getting ready, and Mom's making him a lunch. And the next one, Dad, Dad, can can I go too? Okay, yeah, okay. And so Mom makes a second lunch. Well, we had this. My brothers and I had this plan down to a science. <laughs> We'd wait till Dad's just about to get in the truck, and I'd run out there and say, "Dad, can I go too?" And he'd mutter this saying, and it's so true. He'd say, 
a boy is a boy, two boys is a half a boy, and three boys is no help at all. <laughs> and I think that's true. When I, you got to watch. And he always used to say, "Don't don't work too hard." He says, "Because well, I can't afford to feed you." <laughs> but, yeah. Ann and uh, Deacon Ed, any any uh, this has been wonderful. Uh, thanks for your time. Any any final thoughts or or things that you want to share with listeners about about the Rosary Walk? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything right now. Um, you know, one thing, we, we talked a little bit about it being, Annie said this, lonely and frightening. And and the one word that she would agree that supersedes all of those is it's peaceful. It's, mm. it's just that there's mm. something about it. I mean, we're constantly, She there's days she's worked from 5.30 in the morning till 10.30 at night and mm -hmm. getting the last thing just right. And all of that aside is this wonderful peace knowing that this is supposed to be yeah. happening. This mm -hmm. isn't some car dealership deciding he's going to expand <laughs> and build a new building. I mean, this mm -hmm. is something that's coming from mm -hmm. God, I'm sure of it. Yeah. And we, we pray constantly that just show us where you want us to go God we'll, mm -hmm. we'll do what we can to get it there yeah. and and that makes it a real special place for us that's encouraging that's encouraging for us for Helen and me uh, often our prayer is uh, is a, a an open-ended prayer uh, tell us where to go who to talk to what to say <laughs> who to meet exactly and, our words and, almost, and yeah. Uh, yeah well this has been this has been delightful for us um, and, and encouraging. Um, the, the, the website, would you tell us the website? Of the website is um, www.stkateryrosarywalk.org, and it's all small case. Mm -hmm. And I'll put a link to that uh, in the notes sure. for the podcast sure. as well. And so we thank you. Thank you. Well, Thanks you. for Easter. having us. Need any help? I got a sister I can sick her on. Yes. <laughs> De Deacon, you. would you mind leading us in a prayer before we oh, say goodbye to, to listening? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you're so wonderful to be working for. Um, truthfully, we can feel your presence, and that's the greatest motivation we need. We know you want us to be successful. We would ask that the college is successful and that Rosary Walk is successful. Thank you, Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, Give us, us this day our daily bread, bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saint Kateri. Pray for us. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Blessings on your work. Thank you. Thank and happy you. Easter. Yes. yes. Thank yeah. you.
Thank you for listening, everyone. If you liked our podcast, please leave us some feedback and be sure to share it with others in order for us to be able to spread the word about the work we are trying to accomplish in Gallup, New Mexico. God bless you all.